Thanks for joining us at Colts to Consciousness. This storytelling podcast is meant to be for entertainment purposes only and does not substitute for any medical advice. We may discuss triggering topics and we ask that you make your personal mental health a priority. Lastly, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the host. Like sharks around the entire room, pressing extra hard while you're intoxicated. Push, push, push. Close, close, close. Follow up, follow up, follow up, and then follow up some more. You find out that the whole underlying factor is to get somebody to give you their money by deceit. And when I look back on the purchases I made, talking 15000 here, 40000 there, wow. 5000 here, people would spend thousands just in hopes of getting a picture with the man. Mm. The upsell was $400,000 for the next level. And I probably seen about 10 people stand up and take that offer. Everybody just glorifying and idolizing this guy, just like a god. My truck was branded with his stuff. My house full of pictures, like I had a big picture of him. I took everything to the next level. You couldn't even have talked me out of it. There were people who brought it up to me like, hey, dude, you're in a cult. There's some things that are off here. And I remember that thinking about it now, but it's almost like I didn't even hear them. Hey, my name is Shalise Ansola. And I'm Jonathan Rosales. And this is Cults to Consciousness, where we discuss leaving high-demand religions or organizations and finding healing and independence through awareness and true individual sovereignty. If you're only listening and you want to see all three of our faces today, go to our YouTube channel at Cults to Consciousness, where you can like and subscribe, boost that algorithm, guys. It helps us so much, and it helps us get more exposure for our guests who are coming on and sharing their stories. Remember to leave those comments, those words of encouragement. So, today's guest... We are focusing on the community part of the intro instead of a religion. I know it's been a long time. We have done it in the past, but it's been a while. So today we're focusing on a course, something that really has this MLM type of structure and is taking advantage of hundreds and probably thousands of people. And we are going to be referring to this specific leader by his last name only as Cardone. He is a self-proclaimed billionaire. He's a business coach, real estate coach, and he has all these courses. So I brought on my husband, Jonathan, today yes. because he is very much into the financial side of companies and how that works in the real estate game. So I wanted to have his opinion on as well. Did you want to say anything? Yeah, well, also, I mean, besides the obvious uh, finance stuff that I'm into, the cult-like element that I think is fascinating about having a modern-day cult, how do people get away with it in today's day and age, is they go to self-help. So that's something I feel like we need to lean more into on the channel, is seeing how modern-day cult leaders are formed via self-help, because people that are interested in the self-help are the idealistic people. They're the ones that want to better themselves. And then before you know it, it's the the boiling the frog. They're in this weird thing that's kind of turned into something that was not what they initially expected, all because they just wanted to better themselves. So uh, I wanted to join in on this one to uh, kind of do a dive into that. Yeah. So today's guest was actually a part of this community and these classes, these seminars, spent hundreds of thousands of dollars in this group. And he's going to be coming on and talking about how this group functions like a cult. So thank you so much for joining us, Ben John. 
Absolutely. It's my pleasure. And I'm really excited to be on here. Um, like I said, I'm a firm believer that things are supposed to happen when they should. And this is a great example of one of those times. Yeah, we just put out a call to our people on social media and we're like, hey, we want some people who are in something a little bit different other than religion. We said new age, but then you popped up into our job form and we were happy to talk to you because this is something that needs exposing, just like Jonathan said. So before we go any further into your story, would you, Ben, just briefly talk about who this Cardone character is from your perspective? Okay, so yeah, from my perspective, um, you know, Cardone and the uh, 10X community, as uh, it, it's uh, labeled, um, is it's a pretty big movement. Um, it was based off of a book that I was introduced to. And the way I view this guy is that I've actually coined my own terms for these people. And I um, I wrote a book actually with one of these terms last year. Oh, and um, one of these terms is the misguided mentor. And I call them self-serving entrepreneurs. These are people who, um, like Mr. Cardone, are doing business because they want something rather than actually caring about people and actually serving others. Mm -hmm. And it's a very big thing that needs to be talked about these days. And it's so like Jonathan was saying, it's not talked about enough. The self-development part, it's so under the radar um, that it's not even being looked at as a cult. But mm -hmm. I can tell you firsthand from being in that three and a half years and spending a quarter million dollars with this particular man, um, it is very much like a cult. Wow. Okay. So when you first came across this guy from his book, what was your initial impression of him? What was the shiny thing that drew you to him? Well, I resonated with him. He told a story in the book out of all the stuff uh, he, he was talking about. This book is based on doing more, you know, putting in more action, massive action, if you will, you know. Uh, and so that's a good message in itself. Right. And uh, I resonated with that. And a lot of people who don't know themselves, which at the time I would say, honestly, I didn't kind of latch on to that message, kind of latch on to people who are preaching that stuff, right? Like you have more inside of you, uh, you know, you should be doing more. And that attracted me to him. And then the story that he told about, you know, his dad passing away at a certain age, at a young age. Um, I don't know why that just kind of hit me in the, in the feels, as they say, and kind of drew me into more of a connecting with him on a personal level from there. Yeah, that makes sense. And so what he is promoting is you can grow your business or you can build a business from scratch. And you were at the point in your life where you wanted to grow a business, right? Yeah, 100%. Well, it's funny because I didn't, I was already on that track. I was already doing well with my business. I was already scaling mm -hmm. and making a, 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 an impact in my community. I was well known. Everybody, I was kind of Kind of dominating that area um, in a positive way. You know, I was all over the place on social media and doing a lot of stuff that other companies weren't. So I was already doing that. It was almost like I was, it was almost like he planted the seed in my head, actually. I wasn't doing enough, hmm. which is unique. And then with that message, I, I didn't, I think it's important for me to note this about that book. The main message is you could be doing more, you should be doing more action, more, 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 more. Um, but the underlying message, was I have the answers for you. I have what you need. Look to me for success. And that's the hook. He was at the right place at the right time as far as your life and your journey goes. Now, when it comes to finance and self-help, there are a lot of gurus out there that claim to have the answer and the success is uh, waiting for you. 
Did you find yourself gravitating to anyone else at this time in your life or did he stand out specifically and, and why him? Yeah, that's a great question. No, I was, uh, I had a lot of, I call them social media mentors. Uh, I had a lot of them. I was looking up to and drawing advice from drawing perspective from too many, probably, you know, seven or eight of them. And, uh, I realized after kind of, cause I would try to, take some of their strategies that they were promoting and implement it into my business. And I found out that one strategy I would try would contradict someone else's mm. strategy. So it was like clashing. And I quickly realized like, gosh, I can't, I'm all over the place, right? I'm trying to do what this guy's suggesting and then doing what this guy's suggesting was just completely different. So I realized like I need to hone in on, on one or two guys and, uh, Cardone just, just ended up being the guy for that. Um, just, I think a lot of that was that personal connection. You know, I, I felt like I resonated with him. He had, he had a part about him that felt loving. And again, that's part of the hook. I feel like, you know, it comes in the form of love, but then it turned into something else once I got involved. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so with the specific book that you were reading, was there any sort of promise? So I know a lot of cults have this promise. Maybe it's eternal life or the best eternal life or something that hooks you in and makes you really fall for anything because you want that promise. Did he give any sort of thing like that in his book? I'm almost certain he did. It's been, you know, almost four years now since I read that book. And, um, you know, I got so engrossed in it that I bought like 50 copies of that and was promoting that to other people as well. That's how deep in the Kool-Aid I was. But, uh, yes, I'm almost certain now what's funny is I took a quick glance at it after I was enlightened to the, this cult like environment I was in when I was throwing all those books away. Uh, and I kind of just skimmed through just a couple sentences and the way it was worded, I was like, wow, this is put in such a way that he wants you to chase him for the answers, him for the success. Right. He's got everything I need. So I'm almost certain if I could have, if I, I could probably read that book now and break it down for exactly the good and the bad. Oh, that's so you interesting. Know? And that's something that happens so frequently in these cults. They make you feel worthless. And it's basically like you don't know you have a problem until they show you there's a problem and give you the solution. <laughs> so right. you probably didn't think you weren't doing enough until they're like, hey, you're not doing enough, but I can tell you how to do more. Is that kind of how it felt with you? 100%, yeah. It was more of a, a speed thing too, you know, like, hey, you're not doing, not only are you not doing enough, but you're not doing it enough fast enough. And so it was like, those two things combined just made you feel like, yes, like you're not living your purpose, like you're not living your full potential. Potential is a very dangerous word. When you just drop that word potential, I realized yeah. you automatically put that person behind the eight ball. Like you already put them behind and in, 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 uh, like they're lacking something. Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting, too, is that, I mean, you could replace cult leader with the, the term salesman, you know, and be very similar attributes. You have to be charismatic. You have to be willing to convince people of an idea. So, but what's interesting about it, I find, is that it, to grow, grow your own business in a way, you have to be a salesperson yourself. So he's kind of teaching you how to be more like him while you're revering him. So while you were reading the books and you were proselytizing the 50 books that you have, you're handing them out, preaching, <laughs> so are, you, uh, are, are you finding yourself becoming a better salesman like him or, or like him in that way? hundred percent. I went from one extreme to the other and I went from the dark side to the light. 
So uh, I have my own businesses. I'm, I just converted one of my other businesses into three. So I'm on my fourth business yeah. and I've done very well for myself, which is why also you can't put me in a box of me not being successful or jealous or hating and all that stuff that they like to hide behind. But what Cardone would teach was the same, a lot of the, the same stuff, everybody, the modern day, the self-serving entrepreneurs teaching that's be aggressive, push, 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 ask hard questions, negotiate, uh, close, 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 follow up, follow up, follow up, and then follow up some more almost to the point where it's like borderline harassment. I, I teach the exact opposite of that now. So I went completely from that side, which is where what sales should be, which is why, you know, unfortunately, um, when someone thinks of sales, it is kind of equated with something negative. Mm. And I'm hoping to change that. I'm trying to change this industry. And the way I'm trying to teach now is that you don't need to push. All you need to do is, is give them a great experience, give them all the information that they need, answer all of their questions and leave them alone. Yeah. Right? If they ever become interested, if they ever become interested, you've already done your job. They know where to find you. You mm -hmm. do not need to push, push, push. Yeah, I remember I've done some sales in my past too. And that was exactly my approach. Door to door sales. Door to door sales. Yeah, I used to sell <laughs> um, alarms. <laughs> nice. I used to go and just knock on doors. And um, you, you have three clear customers. You have the yes, the no's, the maybes. And the no's, you want to just leave them alone. The maybes, you're there to offer something that they might not have known. And the yeses, you're just there to provide the service and the expertise. So I'm on board with uh, the not having to manipulate or convince people that they need the thing that you're there for. You're just there for the people that already kind of wanted it. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about this environment because obviously you're here because you feel like his programs are very culty and he basically acts as a cult leader in ways. And so I want to get into your shoes here when you finally decide this is worth going to a seminar for. I'm going to spend however much money and you can tell us or not how much you spent to go to these in-person seminars. What was the environment like that kind of drew you in? How do you feel like it was culty? Uh, so, gosh, we could talk about yeah, what it felt like. And then we can, uh, back it up and, and kind of tap into the statements and the type of mindset that got me there in the first place. Sure. Um, when I was there, it was just a room full of thousands of people, you know, a lot of energy, but I could also feel the energy of what we were just describing. I can tell that most people were there not to actually create meaningful relationships, but instead chase money or an outcome. They mm. wanted to be there because they wanted something. It was a room full of people wanting something. Um, and it was the wrong type of environment. And the way that I seen everybody just glorifying and idolizing this guy uh, to the point to where he could just do no wrong, just like a God. I'm not even kidding. It was so apparent and people would spend thousands of dollars, including myself, just in hopes of getting a picture with the man. Mm. It's Pretty wild. Well, I think there's something to be said too about the, you know, we're talking about in your journey, the right place at the right time. One of the things we find in our interviews with uh, a lot of these cult survivors, the cult itself has to be here at the right place at the right time in history. The circumstances have to be ripe and ready for this to even happen. So I feel like this self-help hustle culture 
generation that we're in was just right for all these, you know, you mentioned the room is just kind of buzzing with social media. They're, they're hungry. They want to be better. They want to do better. They want to grow their business. They're all kind of just probably feeding off each other, which that now you have that echo chamber thing going on and you have that energy, that, that, that feeding frenzy of like, we're all hustling together. Easy to fall into. Oh, hundred percent. And it's easy to get engrossed in that when you have a room full of that energy you're talking about where, like you said, a feeding frenzy that just exacerbates when you're around that, that community. And this is also why uh, some of these were like two, three day events. And it's so funny looking back on this now, a lot of times, a lot of the purchases, the big purchases I made were at the end of a three day event. They went hard at the end of the mm. event. Not only that, they would get y'all loaded up with alcohol. This is very, this is thought out very well. Um, they would get you exhausted all day through an event, right? Multiple days. And at the end of the event, they would have sales reps just like sharks around the entire room pressing extra hard while you're intoxicated. Not the best time to be making purchases. And when I look back on the purchases I made talking 15,000 here, 40,000 there, wow. 5,000 here, um, they were mainly all when I was kind of uh, getting, I don't drink now, but when I, back then I was drinking and those purchases were mainly made during those times. Yeah. Yeah. So they're getting you in this altered state of mind. And we talk about this too. Cults often control your food, your sleep. And this is a way of getting you sleep deprived, keeping you up all day, that high energy environment. I imagine, tell me what this is like, but I imagine people like, jumping up maybe there's some clapping involved maybe Absolutely. there's like turn to your neighbor and do this and like write down and journal this like i've been to some of those and it's, it's not to say they're all cults but i think it's important to recognize the cult patterns within them so that you don't end up taking a wrong turn and in your case spending so much money i mean what were what were the things you were purchasing for forty thousand dollars or twenty thousand dollars just promises of business uh, growth primarily just, hey, you need this program. You need in order in order to uh, scale and get to the next break point. It was like there was this endless, there was always another level. No matter what you bought and did, there was always another level. And it seemed like there was never an end to it. Just like, Sounds uh, like Scientology. Scientology. <laughs> <laughs> Which I yeah, forgot well, to mention in the intro. And you're going to get into this in a little bit. I don't want to dive in too much right now. But you found out that Cardone is a Scientologist. And you started to recognize the patterning and how it was kind of modeled after Scientology, which is really, really interesting. We've covered that quite a bit on this channel. But let's go back to the environment. So when you first walk in... I found that people who we've interviewed from groups such as this, whether it's Nexium or even just MLMs in general, when they first go into these seminars, there is a little bit of red flag that goes off and you're like, oh, this feels a little weird. I don't really want to jump up and down and high five my neighbor. I don't know. I just kind of want to learn things and be on my way. And then eventually you kind of like relax into it. Was it the same for you? Yes. And a matter of fact, uh, talking about red flags and, and ignoring my intuition and ignoring my conscience, uh, it's easy for me to look back now because it's almost like I, that character, that person is gone and, mm. and it, it, it was like shedding skin. I'm a completely different person now. So I feel like Neo in the Matrix. I always make, <laughs> uh, make that reference, but I can literally see everything that happened to me and what's going on with people right now. Red flags. So, I didn't notice the red flags while I was, 
I did, but it wasn't something that was like in my face. Mm-hmm. And, um, I didn't consciously ignore it without getting in, into a, a, a spiritual conversation. Uh, the spiritual moment I had two weeks prior to actually publicly coming out of Cardone community and the, the 10X community, uh, it, it was there was this moment where I was kind of being told to sit down and pay attention to all the red flags that I ignored over the few years. And it was like a flash in front mm-hmm. of me, all the moments at once that I ignored. Uh, so it was quite a shock to me. And then it, it put me in back in time at where it was like, Oh, wow. I did remember that feeling off, feeling weird, you know, um, simple stuff to very obvious stuff. Let me give you an example. A simple thing of, uh, where I seen Cardone huck a pen at the DJ's head, like a, a fastball pitch. And it, no one's seen this. It felt like nobody's seen this but me. But it literally just missed his head as he was turning his head and went right by him. And I'm not kidding. It was so fast. It probably would have took his eye out. And uh, the, his reaction after he did it, I seen it. And he was just like looking around, seeing if anybody looked at him. And it was just so weird to me. You know, that's a small example, but there's some other examples. This is wild. Um, I, I, I got to tell you this just because this is important. And it's not because when I came out of this, I had a bunch of other colleagues still in it and I was reaching out to them. Well, one of my colleagues, this is not my story, um, but I believe her and she has no reason to lie about this. She was telling me about a red flag she ignored and his wife, Cardone's wife was in a room talking to people and they have this saying where everything that happens to you is your fault. And a woman stood up in the crowd and said, I was raped. Are you telling me that was my fault? And she flat out looked at the woman and said, yes. Oh. Nobody in the room left. And she would, my, my friend was telling me the story sobbing, crying because she was like, I can't believe nobody heard that but me. And I had to leave the room. But anyways, um, that, that happened. She has no reason to lie about that. And unfortunately she's still in that community. Mm. Yeah, that victim blaming sounds a whole lot like Scientology as well. Are you familiar with Nexium, the the vow? I've heard of it, but I'm not familiar. So a lot of similar tendencies. Um, we've interviewed Sarah Edmondson and also Mark Vicente. So catch those videos on the channel. Sky started a self-help group, found people that wanted to better themselves. Change the world. Change the world. Uh, invest money with me. The courses never end. And the big takeaway was that there's the intuition that has to be shut off. All the, all the times that you feel the red flags, bury that inside you, look the other way. There's something wrong with you that you're not getting over this. And then eventually you look back and you're like, I can't believe, you know, Mark, dis- Mark Vicente describes it as um, an awakening of, of a dark dream where he felt like he was actually asleep for 10 years and now he's actually very Matrix-like, actually. Wow. Yeah, and that's something, too, that we talk about, shedding of the skin. And so another way that they get people is they tell you it's going to be difficult and they tell you, well, if you're not willing to suffer, are you even willing to have an amazing life? And you talked about, Ben, how you felt like you were a completely different person, how you changed into somebody else. So let's talk about that transformation a little bit. When you went in with these hopes, dreams, aspirations, goals, you're already very, um, enthusiastic about your businesses and you're doing all the right things, but you just want more, you want to scale, which is totally understandable. A lot of us want that, right? We all want to do well. And so at what point did you start to notice yourself change and in what ways were they able to change the person that you were? 
that's the scary part. Uh, I didn't notice that I became this person that I was didn't want to be or that I really wasn't. Mm-hmm. It's a slow, gradual. Absolutely. It's almost like if I was to compare it to something, it's like um, people who wear glasses or like a windshield of a car getting dirty. Mm-hmm. That doesn't just happen like that. It's an accumulation very, very slowly. And sometimes you don't even know it. It's like, what the heck? I didn't even know. How's my window so dirty? Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like that. And I honestly didn't even know that I was so deep into it. I realized that it was temptations that deceived me and blinded me to the truth. You couldn't even have talked me out of it. There were people who brought it up to me like, hey, dude, you're in a cult. There's some things that are off here. And I remember that thinking about it now, but it's almost like I didn't even hear them. Yeah. And to be honest, I'll even take this a step further. Uh, it was a bad experience, but it was an experience I had to go through. It was part of my journey, which if that's what (laughs) our creator had planned for me, then I'm sure there's a reason for it. But a lot of people might hear me talking and think that I have a victim mentality and that I'm like, it's definitely something I'm just speaking about to bring awareness to other people so that, you know, if that's my purpose now, right? Mm -hmm. Like if someone hears the seed I'm planting in their head and it awakens them, then that was meant to happen too. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I didn't notice it until I I went through the entire three and a half years and then I had that spiritual moment and it was literally like being reborn and I was like, wow, I can't believe what I'm in. Yeah, so can you remember any of the actual teachings? So you're spending thousands of dollars on these courses and that's molding you and shaping you into a different person. I'm wondering if you can remember anything that they're telling you specifically to whether it's shut people out or, you know, wake up at 3 a.m. and go to bed at 10 and that's the only way to be successful and that has a toll on your health. What are these ways that they're changing you? So a lot of what they're teaching is the same thing that is used to get you into this environment in the first place. It's particular sayings. So, and by the way, we can talk about this a little bit more, but the reason I even got into it was because I didn't know myself completely. And so when you don't know yourself, you are open to pretty much adopt someone else's thought process and approach in everything. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's sayings, uh, you know, like, you need to get in proximity. You need to put yourself in, you need to be in the right rooms. Uh, you're the average of the five people that you surround yourself with. Uh, those who pay, pay attention. All these sayings got me in the room. And then once I was in the room and investing all these, these dollars, I went into buying training that would teach me how to convince others with the same methodologies. Was the information that you were learning helpful? So that's the thing. That's what, that's why it's, it's so hard. Yes, but it's used for bad. Let me give you an example, going back to the, you know, the whole 10 X concept and you need to be doing more. That's a great message in itself, right? You know, like, Hey, you could be doing more. It could be framed differently, right? Um, someone might receive that as love, but it's used in an evil way where it's like, okay, you need to seek me for the answers though. You know, I, I, it's my thoughts. And if you like that, I'm going to show you more. You need to look, stay, get in proximity with me and I'll show you more and more. Mm-hmm. So it, there are things that are helpful at surface level and at a first glance, but then as you get into it, it's being used for, you find out that the whole underlying factor is to chase money, manipulate and, and teach those things in sales, particularly how to actually uh, get somebody to give you their money. 
by deceit. Mm -hmm. The ways in which they were teaching you to manipulate, do you remember any of those tactics? Because obviously there's going to be a myriad of experiences, just like with any religion, with any group, there's going to be people who get great things out of it. And they're like, cool, that was awesome. And then they leave. And then there's going to be people who are spending $250,000 because they were so hooked in. And now they're on the opposite side of the spectrum, such as yourself, where you're like, whoa, how did I get here? I'm a totally different person. And I just spent so much money. This wasn't actually a good investment. So I wanted to put that disclaimer to say that we're not saying that all of this advice is wrong because no one ever joins a cult. They join something that is helpful initially, and then it becomes darker. So the ways in which they were teaching you to scale your business, what were those unethical methods that you remember? Yeah, that's to, ah, gosh, it's just to make promises that never were fulfilled. Like, it's really hard to put my finger on um but again, like I said, if I if we were like to break down a, a, a video or a book, a training video or a book, I could literally call it out in real time. Be like, this is what's actually going on. But it could be something as simple as those sayings, right? Like commit first and figure the rest out later was one of Cardone's famous sayings, right? That's a good example. I can think of times where that has actually been helpful for me, where I've overthought something too much and it just go for it. But more times than not, uh, that ended up getting me, you know, to spend with him. It was used for me to spend with him and the community. Like, for instance, he'd like, he would say, you know, hey, join this two day event. You need this in order to get to the next level. Um, it's going to be $40,000 for this two day event. Jeez. Oh my gosh. I'll be thinking about it. Like, eh, I don't know, man, that's quite a bit of money. Um, it was like, look, just commit now and figure the rest out later. Trust me, it's going to work. Mm -hmm. Like, and then I would do it and come to find out it was all like third grade level stuff that I already knew. And I could, mm. I could li literally have looked up on YouTube. It, it really wasn't anything special. And the whole time I was getting upsold while I was trying to learn, um, Jeez. it was really an unpleasant experience and that's happened several times. So everything seems to be a sales pitch that funnels directly to him where he, and tell me if I'm wrong here in this assumption, but it seems like he's giving you tools, but really those tools are just a facade. It's just another way of controlling you to spend more money. So here are these tools, but you you have to have me tell you how to use them. And in order for that to happen, you have to go to this other seminar and that just keeps happening and keeps happening. So in your mind, you think you're learning all of these tools to grow your business, but in reality, they're just empty promises that get you to the next level. Is that a fair assessment? Pretty much, yeah. And then uh, to what Jonathan was saying about having a room full of people with the same energy creating that atmosphere, you're in a room where you know other people spent thousands of dollars as well, tens and thousands of dollars to be in that same room. Right. So it's kind of reassuring in your head, you're almost like, oh, I made a good decision because there's all these people. Well, they're doing right? it. Yeah. So there's that level of that. And not only that, they take it a step further. Uh, you know, if you've done like some of the bigger programs, like for instance, that 40K program, I remember a moment where they were, there was like a room full of a thousand people or something. who said, everybody who they were pitching that program from the stage, I had already taken it. And they were like, everybody who's taken this, this program, stand up. And so we would stand up and it almost like would feel good mm -hmm. that now we're getting idolized because we spent that amount of money. Right. Really, it didn't even help. <laughs> 
Right. Yeah. When you take a program like that and you said, oh, wow, I kind of already knew this stuff. I spent so much money. Where was your mind at? Were you questioning it all? Did you start? Did you turn to your neighbor and be like, do you feel like this is worth 40000 Was anyone questioning what's going through your head during that seminar? Yeah. Was there any buyer's remorse? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There was definitely buyer's remorse. What was even crazy to me was the upsell in that room for the $40,000. We're just talking about that one specific experience. The upsell in that room was like 50 people maybe in the room. The upsell was $400,000 for the next level. And I probably seen about 10 people stand up and take that offer. What What is he promising yeah. for $400,000? They call it platforming your business where they take your business to the ultimate level. How though? I have no idea. <laughs> You're like, I don't know. I didn't take the course. Does, does it involve Zenu? Is Zenu part of the process? <laughs> it's like a personal talk with him? Oh Consultation? <laughs> Well, they don't talk about him, apparently. <laughs> so yeah, right. what was your personal experience like with Cardone? Did you have any any specific anecdotes or moments that you remember? And what, what was his cadence like? What did he sound like? What, did, what was his presence like? So he sounded like he was very confident. He sounded like he was, you know, he's a good speaker. Uh, he sounds like he is successful, right? Uh, but when I think about it now, those were something that really stood out to me because I was in the room with him several times in very close proximity. I have had pictures with him and very brief conversations with him. Uh, also, by the way, he's the type of dude who would, if you invested a couple hundred thousand dollars with him, he would still charge you $5,000 to spend 10 minutes with him. Now, de definitely not the type of leader I want, but his thinking about this experience, I can clearly look back. There was these moments where I was like, 10 feet from him. Cause I would always sit front row. I would, I'm, I'm not front row dude. Mm -hmm. And I just remember these moments, like at least three or four times where he made eye contact with me and I could feel him. Be, I could feel that he was actually lacking confidence. He just looked lost. He looked like he was hurting. Something was off. Interesting. I didn't know what it was, but now that I think about it and I look back, I can still see that look on his face and his eyes and, and like the depth of his eyes, he's hurting. He's so lost. He's so misguided. He is a misguided mentor and he's not happy. I don't care how much money he claims he has. Even if he does have that money, he's living in a mental prison. So, okay. Maybe this is a good time to talk about him specifically then, and we can come back more to your experience, but you found out later that he is a Scientologist. And so from what we know about Scientology, they also say, give us your money, give us your money, give us your money, give us your properties, give us this, give us that. Do you think from your, this is of course speculation, we don't know, but do you think he was funneling all the money that he was getting to Scientology and maybe that's why he was a little disheveled or what are your thoughts? Yes, I 100% believe that. You know, as I, you know, I was deeply embedded in that community so much to where I lost my identity so much that when people saw my face, all they seen was 10X and they seen Cardone. My truck was branded with his stuff. What? I took everything to the next level. My house full of picture, like I had a big picture of him. You did. Yeah, oh yeah. And if you look on my Instagram, you'll see me where I threw, there's a video I did uh, where I went to the dump and threw all that stuff away. Yeah. Um, 
and and was uh, that was actually pretty pretty uh, viral type video. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. So with me uh, being so deeply embedded, that's where I was going with this. The fact that I was so deeply embedded, you can imagine that I had a lot of relationships within that community, not just within the other colleagues that were in that uh, organization, but people that just paid to the come to the events. I would see them all the time. After I came out publicly about him and called him out, a lot of people were wondering what's going on. Hey, I got to know the scoop. Uh, and so with that, I found out some other things that people were like, Hey, I heard this about him. Hey, I th- had this red flag come up for me and I ignored it. So yes, I didn't know he was in Scientology. I, I didn't even know what Scientology was up until about a month ago when I watched the documentary mm. after finding out he was in Scientology. So you can imagine what kind of mind, you know, uh, jacked up my mind was from watching that. But, uh, Come to find out, he's got like two planes, two helicopters. Uh, I, you know, I heard that he doesn't even own those things. The Scientology, the Church of Scientology owns it. Um, he probably just leases it from them. But yes, I imagine a lot of that money is being funneled to him. He's being used as a influencer mm-hmm. to draw this in. So do you think now is a good time then to parallel the, from what you just learned about Scientology, parallel Scientology to these 10X programs? Yeah, hundred percent. And one of the things, you know, Scientology just blew my mind. And and first of all, I started watching a couple videos of uh, Cardone talking about Scientology. There's not many of them, so he's not very outspoken. And and the couple videos that I did see him talking about it, you can tell that he really deflected a lot of questions that were being asked uh, about <laughs> Zenu and things like that, right? <laughs> Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty wild. Um, you know, and, and again, the response to that is the response to everybody who comes out and says stuff. It's like, Hey, these are all just haters. These are people that are jealous. These are people that are not successful. That's what they call people like me and people that are talking about things like Xenu and like, Hey, can you give me some clarification on this, this stuff that seems a little weird? Um, they really deflect and deflect and he does that. One thing that is related to Scientology that I know now is one of my colleagues I had a three hour conversation with in Australia um, after this was telling me like, hey, she's like, I've never been in alignment with him. You know, his aggressive harassing style of selling is not us. I just kind of take the good from him and all that. But she told me that when um, I started coming out and publicly posting all this stuff and you know, not being afraid to call him out by name. She said that a couple of people reached out to her from the organization, from the 10X organization and, and called her out and said, Hey, we noticed that you're following, you're still following Ben, that you're liking his posts. What's going on with that? Like, are you in alignment with him? Like, Hey, what's going on? And she had to like almost stand up for herself. Look, I can like whoever I want Mm -hmm. and I can befriend whoever I want, but they were pretty much insinuating that like you should disconnect from him. Which for those who aren't familiar is a Scientology thing. When someone leaves the group, they are considered a suppressive person and SP and you are no longer allowed to speak with them or else you will be called into question. So I find it really interesting that a self-help group that is just about scaling business would also encourage people to disconnect from others who have left the group. Yeah. You know what really struck me is very unusual. When I did make the uh, decision or the day I did actually post a bunch of stuff publicly, primarily on Facebook and Instagram. I made a very uh, direct 
and compassionate email for the community, letting them know. And I posted all this on my Instagram. It's all my highlights still there for everybody to see. You can literally watch my entire journey. Uh, it was very straightforward. I was like, hey, just want to let you guys know um, I'm no longer in alignment with Cardone or the 10X community or anything you guys have ever taught me. Go ahead and cancel my email. Uh, you know, just stop emailing me, all this stuff. I would also like to invite Cardone to come on Instagram live with me just out of respect to have a conversation with me and tell me why he think he thought it was okay to teach me the things he did and why he teaches other people those things. Wow. I think that's the least you could do for me just since I've spent quarter million dollars, thousands of dollars donated to your organization for free, got my daughter involved with it. I think that's the least he can do for me. I said with, I ended it with love and compassion. Anybody could look at this email and see for themselves. They ghosted me. They blocked me. All of the big head people just started blocking me. Wow. Didn't even want now. Isn't that wild? Mm -hmm. It's interesting because you're threatening to them and you're threatening to their ideology. And that's also something that happens when someone calls out a group and leaves and you're still a part of that. It's almost and I know because I've been there, it almost feels like your identity is threatened because you don't want anything to do with this person because maybe you're questioning, maybe deep down there's something where you also don't, it doesn't feel right, but you know that if you ask the person who left questions that you may have to go down this deconstruction road, which is not fun. It's better to be just completely ignorant, the, the blissful ignorance, if you will. Right. And did you feel that way where you're like, oh, I don't know, I need to stay away from them because I need to stay focused? Can I also add before you answer that it's not a lot of times convenient for people to deconstruct at the moment. In a very so, real way. So even if they know like mm, something's off about this, I'm not gonna even touch that because it's just not an opportune time in my life or not to deal with the ramifications of what it actually means to deconstruct. Yeah. So did you notice anyone leaving and did it make you question or did it make you double down? No, I did not notice anybody leaving. Okay. That's the thing. I noticed that there were some people that worked for him that kind of just disappeared and you wouldn't hear from them again. But I was always wondering like, what happened to that dude? What happened to that woman? Mm -hmm. And I would just hear like, oh yeah, they don't work for him anymore. And then it's just kind of weird that they didn't talk about anything ever. I think they have to sign some type of uh, non-disclosure stuff, I imagine, when they separate. Because I've tried reaching out to them lately and no one's getting back to me at all. Like They are pretty much um, being coerced to not talk about anything. And, and that's the fear that's being presented too. It's like everybody's threatening their, their bank account and all this stuff. I don't care. Yes, I haven't mentioned his name on this, on this out of respect for you guys' podcast. But if you go on my platform... You'll find out real quick. I do not care. Like mm -hmm. I'm calling these people out by name. I'm doing much more than that too. And he's not the only one. There's other self-serving entrepreneurs that do stuff like we didn't even talk about this, like bowling. I've come to the realization that there's bowling going on, especially in like um, the training space. There's another individual I call out and I want you to mention it. You know, his last name's Elliot, but uh, he'll pretty much call people fat or something like that flat out in a room full of people and say, Hey, some of you are fat. And then he'll switch it on him and say, I'm telling you this because I care about you. Uh, I care about you enough to tell you you're fat. And they start thinking, oh, well, no, he actually does care about me. He loves me. And that's not love. That's Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. And that's very much a real thing in the self-development world as well. 
Yeah, it's something where they break you down on purpose and they tell you, I'm going to break you down so I can build you into the person who's successful. It's so common and that's another reason why people don't necessarily run away immediately because they know it's coming. They know I'm going to go into this room and be berated and be put down, but that's what I have to do in order to shed this old me and build up the new one, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that's not the way to uplift people. I mean, let's be real, right? No. Yeah. So uh, I call that out. And like I said, there's several people who are twice my size that have made millions doing just that. And I don't even care. Like I, it, it needs to be talked about. I, I guess I've been put in a David and Goliath situation, if you will, to do this, this work. And um, I just hope that one person hears me. It's been working. I've had people that have been, uh, you know, commenting on some of my posts and saying, Hey, yeah, I think you're crazy. I think these people all have more money than you, more successful than you. And then that same person three weeks later would say, I think I'm starting to see what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, one of the things I'm kind of interested in in the work that we do is that moment, the, that wake up moment. For some people, the process takes years. Other people, it can happen in an instant where they look around and they go, oh, this has been going on. What was that like for you? Was there like a rock bottom moment or was there just like a clear definitive moment where your eyes opened up and you looked around and you're like, what did I do? Yeah, I had a moment where, oh gosh, this is a, a whole nother uh, conversation that I haven't been able to talk about enough. But again, it's more spiritual based. Uh, I had these series of things happen to me, but the main thing, people call it different things, right? Downloads, messages, feelings. Uh, that's what I had. And the first one I got was, it, it felt like something was, someone was telling me to let go. And I took that quite literally. I heard it and it, it was such a compelling feeling to do just that. I let go. I let go of wanting things from people, wanting expectations, wanting to be right or wrong. I let go of uh, wanting to understand. I let go of wanting answers. I want. I didn't want to be successful. I was let go of wanting money. I'm talking literally a list full of 50 things down to a granular level. And once I did that, I started receiving more and more and more on physical, on a physical uh, aspect, and then just spiritually. And, and it really just brought me into this higher frequency. And so that's why I was saying when people reached out and said, Hey, what happened in the Cardone community? Like, I got to know. I was like, it wasn't anything that happened. And there was what happened to me two weeks prior that woke me up. And then I just kind of waited for the right time to do that. Wow. to expose that that publicly are you comfortable talking about the details because i'm fascinated and i would love to know where you were physically where you were mentally what was it that kind of woke you up or, or was it a voice you heard was it this thought that popped into your head what was kind of going on when that happened because that's a really big deal yeah so it's hard to explain uh <laughs> the best way i can explain it is you know, and this is a whole separate topic, but there's this there's this documentary about extraterrestrials and I was watching it. And the way these women were talking about their encounter with another being, mm -hmm. they were talking about being able to communicate with this being without talking. Mm -hmm. And the way they described it was the best way. It was like they were spot on with the type of messages that I've been receiving. Interesting. Uh, it's such a compelling feeling to do something very deliberate. Um, on a granule level, like if I go left foot first and I get the feeling to go right foot first, I do it and something crazy miraculous happens every single time I listen to that. Okay. Mm -hmm.
Yeah. And again, I have very specific stories where it involves me like having a dream and then another guy in London having the same dream. And then we share our dream. And then the next thing you know, we bring that dream to life. And then the thing that happened while we're actually fulfilling this dream in real life is even more remarkable. Like these things that, that started to happen that could never be a coincidence. It's like, oh my God. It's, it's, it's stories like that uh, that could be a documentary just in itself. It sounds like you're utilizing your intuition again. 100%. And that's exactly what I've come to realize now is that, you know, if you don't know yourself, you start taking temptations. And when you take those temptations to do things that are not in alignment with you, you get deceived. And like I said before, you get blinded and you lose your, the, the, the conscience to do what's right. It becomes much harder mm -hmm. because now you're blinded and as your intuition, you're, you're further away from that, that frequency of, of listening to your intuition to do the right thing. So yes, I am completely tapped into my intuition now. And that's also the way I teach business. And it's quite simple, actually. I, instead of overthinking a process, I'm like telling people, even when you're being pitched something or sold something, just pay attention to the person that's selling to you. You can tell if they just want something from you or if they actually care about you. Mm -hmm. it, it literally is that simple. Right. You know, it sounds like at the beginning of this journey, you had an identity issue. And then at the very least, what you took from all of this was that you found yourself. Yes, absolutely. And, um, you know, I thought it was... I was having this conversation with my girlfriend. I said, you know, Hey, I think everybody's that gets caught up in stuff like this or pretty much ends up inviting anything that's not in alignment with them is out of fear. And then she said, you know, I think it's actually something before that. And then that's why I just brought up not knowing yourself. She said, I think people just don't know themselves. And I was, I thought about it and I was like, wow, you're actually right because you start with not knowing yourself and that invites all the fear, all the doubt, all the uncertainty. And this is the exact thing that people prey on guys like this, the self-serving entrepreneur Car uh, Cardone, they will prey on that. And like you said, Jonathan, right place, right time. That's how these scams work. They just need to be omnipresent. They just need to be there when the moment, uh, when a person is at their lowest moment and that's the exact right time for them to, to come in. Yeah, I also want to add because yes, that's absolutely a thing and people do prey on those who need guidance and need a community and need support and need love. I also want to point out it can happen on the opposite end of the spectrum where cults prey on people who are successful and do know themselves. They just make them think they don't know who they are. So they see someone who is successful and thriving and they're like, wow, this will be a great salesperson for our team we just need to mold them into the person that we need. And by doing so, they have to break them down and fit them into their own category. Because like we've seen that with Nexium as well. I think Mark Vicente is a great example of that. Someone who was really thriving, just made an award-winning documentary, and they literally scouted him and made sure that he was at the right place at the right time so that they could latch onto him deprogram Mark as he was himself, reprogram him into this Nexium powerhouse. And now you have like this huge powerhouse to advocate for the cult. So I just wanted to point out that I think there's a, a variety of ways that people can start out. But I think ultimately, yes, they have to make you believe that you don't know who you are if you don't already before they can really manipulate you and use you for 
whatever negative thing they're doing. Or exploit a very key element to your personality. You mentioned Marco Sente. We have mentioned him in this episode. Him specifically was really idealistic. So he was one of these, like, I want to change the world. I mm-hmm. want to be, from the bottom of my heart, I want to be a vessel to make the world a better place. Let's harp on that and let's exploit that, but let's use it for for bad. Hundred percent, and I'm almost certain that that's the same thing that happened to Cardone. He was a, he is an influential person, uh, you know, and I think the the Church of Scientology, you know, once he got interested and in, in checked that out, they seen that in him. They're like, this guy could be used uh, for our purpose mm-hmm. if we can mold him and shape him into what we want. He's going to be a powerhouse and. He definitely is. That guy's all over the place. Uh, and you, there's a lot of people that know who he is. If you don't know who he is, it's, it's usually not very common. Um, but yes, I'm almost certain that happened to him. And going back to what you said, Jonathan, about me not knowing myself, I did know myself for the most part. I at least knew that I was doing well in my business and that I was really kind of surpassing other similar businesses that were doing what I did, which is outdoor, high end outdoor living improvement, like, uh, conservatories, fully glass glazed sunrooms. That's what I specialized in. And I was still doing well, but it was, and I realized that I actually did worse once I got that kind of mentorship because it wasn't in alignment with me. Interesting. And that's something I wanted to talk about with you because towards the end, when you did have this spiritual awakening and you realized that this is not where you needed to be, were you actually thriving in your businesses? Were these things, these classes, seminars paying off or were things going the opposite direction? They were going well, but this was during COVID. Mm. So the moment of COVID really put the entire economy into fear and doubt. Yeah. There was a lot of uncertainty going on with COVID and that was the best time. We talked about scams and self-serving entrepreneurs preying on those moments. That was the ultimate moment for those type of people to come swooping in like vultures. Totally. Yeah. And the coaching and mentorship space blew up during those years. You signed up to essentially be a coach and sell this product as well. Is that when you started to realize that you were doing things in an unethical way was during COVID? No, I uh, see. I was what's ironic is the first year COVID kind of was happening was I, that was my best year. I did the best in that year mm-hmm. because I was, uh, leaning into, you know, things that, uh, I knew was, you know, I knew I needed to not, um, suppress myself, if you will. Like I, I knew that retreating wasn't the answer. And so I got a little bit more exposed and took the heat from community, you know, uh, and actually did really well, but it was the talk of, the economy and society. And then guys like Cardone saying like, Hey, you're in a struggling economy. You're and it, that planted a seed in me that I, I could be doing more even, even though I was already doing well, which is kind of crazy. Again, planting thoughts in my head that I am not doing as good as I could be is really what got me chasing that. Mm. So that's really interesting. Then you are actually thriving at the point where you realized you needed to leave. Yeah. Well, when I, when I left, uh, this was, no, this was actually a couple of years when COVID was going on. Uh huh. So I had those best moments there and then it just kept kind of, so I had like a real surge in the business and then it kind of plateaued a little bit slower. I still was growing, but it wasn't like that big, okay. big, uh, surge in there. You know, you mentioned that you were preaching all things Cardone to anyone that would listen at the time. Were you successful? Did you convert anybody? <laughs> 
I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately I did, but thankfully they've seen my journey now and a lot of them that I can uh, literally think of, uh, you know, I, I was, I was honest. I'm like all that stuff I was taught was the wrong thing, man. And I was lost and I was misguided. What's crazy is you're never going to see anybody do this. When one of the posts I did that when after I was publicly coming out is I can think of people that I manipulated and I, uh, kind of essentially forced to buy something they didn't want to. And I made a public post saying, Hey, if anybody has bought anything from me, if, if you felt like I forced you to buy something that you did not want to, first of all, I'm sorry. Secondly, if you want a refund, I'm here giving refunds out. Oh I'm giving gosh. thousands of dollars away to people. Oh. If they want it back, please reach out to me right now. Yeah. That's still on my profile still to this day. Uh, you're never going to see anybody do that. And that was important to me. Commend you for that. It's awesome. Yeah, I was dead serious. And what's funny is nobody took me up on the refund. And the few people that actually did have that conversation with me, I was honest. And I told them like, hey, um, I just wanted your money, man. Like I was not being genuine. And and a couple, almost all of them were like, well, I'm glad I did make that purchase now. Because if you're not that person anymore... I'd like this person. I'm really happy that I, I made the purchase now, but you know, it is what it is. Um, nobody actually took me up on that. Wow. I just have to applaud you for that accountability because that's a really big deal. Number one, just admitting you're wrong publicly. Number two, having those hard conversations. And then number three, giving your own money back to these people. I think that's a really amazing thing for you to do. Yeah, thank you. And I think it's important. You know, I wanted people to take me seriously, first of all, and I wanted to be an example for like what a, a real leader should be. And that's that was the start of me letting people know like, hey, that was not me, and I'm going to prove it to you. Yeah. So the last thing that I wanted to talk about before we get into more about your deconstruction and that whole spiritual process is you had mentioned that you got your kids into this. So what is it that Cardone is preaching that is for children? Wow, that's a good question. So I have one 11-year-old daughter. The first time I got her involved was a, uh, a fundraising event where uh, Cardone was raising money for, at least he said he was raising money uh, for kids who are growing up without fathers. I don't know where that money went. Uh, we raised $2 million that night. It was a very private event, probably a couple hundred people in the room. Um, you know, some big, big names were there, a couple professional basketball players and a few things like that. Um, she was there. It was, it was a cocktail party. Um, and she got to that was the night I seen him throw something at, at uh, the DJ's head. It's funny. There was this one moment that me and my daughter talk about. She hops on Instagram lives with me all the Aww. time, too, because I love getting her. Yeah, yeah. it's it's one thing to listen to me talk about it. But listening to a, a child's perspective of things is you can't argue that yeah. right? they see things for what they are. <laughs> so uh, there was a moment there where uh, Cardone was just like, hey, uh, you know, if you want to just come and give me cash at that point, I already spent like $5,000 donated. And um, I pulled out $500 and gave it to her and said, Hey, go run up to him and give him this. And she talks about this experience. Uh, we, we did a little Instagram about this. She just remembers him grabbing the money like out of her hand really fast and just putting it in his pocket. Like no big deal. And we broke this down. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, it was almost like being ungrateful. She would just, she describes it so perfectly. She was like, it was so weird how he did it. 
And she's, we talked about just like, it's so unprofessional. It's like, this is supposed to be a fundraising event and you're just putting money in your pocket. Yeah. It, was, it seemed really weird. Mm. Yeah. I didn't even answer your question. There's a program. We talked about 10X, right? Mm-hmm. A 10X kids version where they're teaching the same things business-like to kids. So to answer your question, they have a whole entire program now just for kids. And I bought the program where it's like a daily training type program for your kids. They can log in, you can track their progress. So Interesting. Did you feel like it was helpful or good for your daughter? Um, yeah, there were some, there was some, it wasn't all bad. Like I said, uh, I think what's, what's even crazier though, after I stepped away, not too long ago, a couple of months ago, she admitted to me, she's like, you know what? I'm so glad that you didn't get me deeper into that uh, dad because I didn't want to do it. And then she was telling me the the training. Oh, this is important to note, actually. She was saying that the answers, they would ask a question and it's multiple choice. And what she knew to be the right way to answer it, the, the ethical way to answer it, she answered it. And the system kept saying, no, you got it wrong. Do it again. Mm. And she, in her mind, that was the right way to answer it. The like the real way to actually care about people and answer it. She was like, I thought that was weird. I kept trying to pick that and the system would not let me. And they kept saying I was the wrong answer and it made me pick something that I didn't want to. So they are actually grooming kids to be little unethical monsters. (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. You are a stand-up dad. Some of the themes that I'm kind of catching on, did you have a pretty solid relationship with your father? No, no. He split when I was like three uh, and uh, pretty much abused in all the ways you can imagine my entire family. So uh, no, did not have a relationship with him, uh, which is one of the reasons I connected with uh, Cardone in the book because he lost his relationship with his dad at a young age too. Not in that manner, but um, still separated and didn't have that father figure in his life, which yeah, that led to a lot of stuff. So it's funny you mentioned that because that's one reason why I ended up being like, I was very misguided as a kid in juvenile detention at my daughter's age, 10 years old to 14 in and out of juvenile causing crime. The person you're looking at now is a very different person from the person I was growing up because of that lack of mentorship, which is probably why I was craving it as an adult. Sure. Do you think a lot of these clients of his find themselves in a similar situation? There's almost like this uh, father figure that they're learning from. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Absolutely. Yes. I've had that same conversation with a lot of people um, and had some intimate conversations just like that that uh, have similar stories to me, you know, and and different variations. But yes, that's a very real thing. Well, I'm very happy for you that you feel secure and who you are now and that you've found your your footing and that you're a great dad. And I'm going to be a new dad myself here in a couple (laughs) of months. And you know, these interviews really hit both Shalise and I in very real ways now more than ever because of parenthood right on the horizon. So um, just know, We've, we've, we've kind of given you some flowers, but just you deserve all the flowers for <laughs> claiming who you are and, and just wanting to be a good person. I really appreciate that. And, you know, it, what I got to say is it's it, for me, my life is not even about me anymore. I'm literally living to serve other people almost to the point where I care about other people more than myself. And a lot of people don't believe me when I say that, but uh, I have shown that with my frequency and consistency, and I'm going to continue to do that with my frequency and consistency. I'm really excited because the next book I'm writing is going to be the first book I wrote was The Misguided Mentor. And what I didn't realize was when I wrote that, I was a misguided mentor. 
Mm. And I talked about how I got into that mentorship with Cardone and like a part of my, I talked about childhood and all those things I got into. This next book is going to be called Today's Misguided Mentors, where I'm going to talk a lot about what we talked about on here and bring more awareness to what's actually happening in the self-development atmosphere and, you know, talk about self-serving entrepreneurs and the misguided mentors that are out there right now. So it's it's definitely going to uh, wake some people up, man. Nice. So exciting. Yeah. Let's talk about the consciousness side of your story, more about what you're doing now. I know that you had mentioned that you went from maybe atheist to a believer and kind of if that's a part of your story, feel free to share that. Let's just talk about how you are. Like in my book or right now? Well, right now. <laughs> like how, how are you doing, Ben, in this moment, having left this only, you know, not that long ago, a couple months ago, right? Yeah. No, I'm glad you asked me. So I always tell people, and I still feel this way, my life is pure excitement. Like even when doubt and fear try to creep in, it's it's so clear what's happening and it just gets deflected so easily. It really is no worry. You know, I've had a lot of things come at me extra hard in ways that most people would not be able to endure. And I've only been able to get through that with a smile on my face and positivity because I just know that I'm tapped in and have, you know, just for lack of better words, I have a direct relationship with our creator. Let's put it that way. Mm. Call it, call it whatever you want. It's, it's a hundred percent true. And yeah, going through that experience that I mentioned, uh, you know, where I went from not believing and to knowing a hundred percent in like a four week period uh, that there is a creator out there and there's something much more beyond this earth that people don't realize that's a very real thing. And living your life that way is the ultimate way to live. You don't get caught up. And that's why I keep talking about deceptions and deceit because a lot of people think this is it. They only believe what they see. You know, there is much more ever since I've had this connection, I've had communication with my my sister who's been passed away for five years. That's, that's crazy. You know, there's connections I've been making, you know, a drawing that I did when I was 10 years old, saving my daughter's life overnight, 30 years later, like just remarkable things like that. And then the dream I told you with my, with the guy in London and there's just, you can't make these type of stories up. So how is my life and, and how, how are things? They're fantastic. It's like, it's what I've been waiting the way I wanted to, it's my authentic version. And I've been waiting to be this person for, I'm about to be 41 in just a couple of days. Uh, Thursday, I'll be 41 on the first day. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Thank you. Thank you. So yeah, it's, it's quite remarkable. That is amazing. Well, congrats on that. I love that you're so tapped in in your own unique way and there's no one telling you how to be or how to do it. It's just all intrinsically through yourself, through your intuition, through your own connections. I think that's really beautiful. And that's the consciousness and the awareness that we always talk about on this podcast is what works for you. And it's okay to be different than someone else who may work a totally different way and that's what works for them. So I'm always just commending anybody's process process. As long as it's not hurting someone else, as long as they're not being controlled and manipulated by whether it's an idol or or something in that capacity, I just think it's so great that you found what works for you. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And and the last thing I feel like I must talk about is because you can imagine once this was happening to me, I wanted to scream from the rooftops and shout it to everybody. It was almost like I was being told like, hey, you're not going to do that. You're going to settle down and and um because you're meant to actually be able to connect with people. And if I start going on this 
massively spiritual talk 24 seven, I think I'm going to lose my connection with people. And what's interesting when we're talking about cults is I've told people what's happened to me. And the one people that are like hyper religious, I realize there's a difference between religion and spirituality now too. And there's some people who are really trying to get me to like read a Bible or go to Mm -hmm. church or do this or do that. And I've never read a Bible in my life. So I've told them I have a direct relationship already with our higher power. And and it's almost like some people believe that that's not possible. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm just trying to tell them, like, I promise you, yes, it is possible. And if you think that is not possible, then you're blinded as well. And you're being blinded by religion, perhaps. So, um, on the, on the aspect of religion, I think it's important to note that you'd really just uh, going back to your, your conscience and intuition, just really feel how it feels. If it's got control in it, it's got fear. That's not from our higher power. Mm, yeah, that's very interesting. Jonathan and I both kind of lean in that direction as well. Just having a relationship with a higher power without any sort of religious intervention is what makes us happy and feel fulfilled. I think it's great. Whatever works for you, like I mentioned. And if you don't feel like you need the Bible, if you don't need religion and you are thriving and doing well and helping others, I think that's at the end of the day, all that really matters. But of course, that's only my opinion. So everyone's welcome to their opinions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of people try to uh they have expectations they're like hey if you are claiming to be tapped into the holy spirit or this or that you should behave this way mm. you should be doing this yeah stipulations yeah and what i realize is like hey your journey is your journey like my journey is my journey and if i was to explain to you my journey i'm literally following what I'm being told to do, or, you know, I told you I received downloads and all that. So everything's been working out for me. Mm -hmm. Why would I mess that up now? I'm not going to do anything myself. That's for sure. Because I've proven that that did not help me. And I'm going to listen to what's been helping me and it's not hurting anybody. And it feels like it's the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all we can do is do what feels right in the moment. And maybe you'll change your mind. Maybe you won't. I think that's the beauty of it, too, is just being open to whatever comes our way. And just like you were open that initial aha moment when you got that download and you realized I need to let go and you were able to listen to that and follow that. And obviously, that's that was the right thing for you, because here you are you're doing great writing books, doing all the things. So for people to find you, Benjamin, John, Mike on Instagram, Instagram. Do you have any other things that you want to plug aside from your book? I'll, I'll definitely put the link. Um, if, if it's on Amazon, I'll put it in the description or anywhere. Yeah. So I think you can find all of that primarily. Uh, Instagram seems to be my main platform. All my links to all my stuff is on there. Um, you know, my business training that I do, my platform. And like I said, I, I told you guys how I teach uh, how to do sales and how to run a business properly and ethically. So all that's on there. The old, the first book I wrote, the second book that I've got coming out in a couple months is going to be promoted out there. And then I'm already working on that third book, the uh, today's misguided mentors, all that stuff usually is in my bio. Um, but, uh, yeah, go ahead and just find me on there or Facebook, which is Ben's massive impact. Great. Not hard to find. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, that brings us to our Linda Listen moment. Sassy statement as a viral video with a toddler goes to say anything to anyone who's pissed you off, or you can go the inspirational route. That's right. This is the this is the Linda Listen yeah. <laughs> uh, plug. Yeah, yeah. So I would say, uh, Linda, listen. If I'm getting this right, Linda, listen. Uh, if someone says that you need to look to them for success, 
I would say that you have already all the tools that you need inside of you. Mm. Once you realize that, all the right people, all the right communities, and all the right resources will come into your life at the exact moment it's supposed to happen. And when your conscience is in tune with that, you'll know it and you'll lean into it. You don't need to look for it in other people. That's right. You don't have to rely on spiritual gurus. I think there's something to be said about learning from others, but learning from others who promote that you have the tools. Say, this is A, B, and C, what you should do now. Go off, little one. Go fly on your own. Don't rely on me. (laughs) I think those are the best teachers. And I think that's what you're doing now with your coaching business, essentially. I don't know if it's a coaching business, but your mentorship or your inspirational posts or teaching people how to do things ethically, you're giving people the tools and then saying, all right, go do it on your own don't look to me as a guru exactly that is definitely my approach that's my angle and that's how all business uh, that's how uh self-development should be so mm-hmm. you know like have people tap into themselves and yeah. use you uh for whatever they feel like they need to use you for yeah that's great well thank you so much for coming on ben and sharing i'm glad that you reached out from our instagram post i'm glad we connected and i'm happy that we're able to expose this on a level that maybe no one has heard about before and do something that's a little bit less religious but still kind (laughs) of feels religious so it was a good direction (laughs) i'm happy we got to talk with you ben it's been a pleasure thank you so much Absolutely. Very. Uh, it's been a pleasure for me too as well. And I really uh, hope that we provoke some thoughts. I'm almost certain we did. So I'm, I'm excited to hear what people's thoughts are on this and uh, see what kind of feedback that it stirs up. But yeah, pleasure meeting you guys. I'm going to stay tapped into you guys and keep following you. You guys are doing great work. Great. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. And on that note, guys, if you enjoyed this and you have something to add or your own story, feel free to leave those words of encouragement in those comments down below. And we just love to see what you guys think of the episodes. And if you have any other experiences that maybe you want to share yourself, we do have a jot form in our about section or if you're on Instagram, a link in our bio, all that good stuff. So you can also support the podcast by going to our merch. We have some fun little baby onesies now. <laughs> in honor of our baby coming soon. I don't want to be in your cult, cult-free kid. Good stuff over there. Uh, you can find it at cultstoconsciousness.com under the merch tab. You could also become a patron if you would like, patreon.com slash cultstoconsciousness. And if you want to come to Costa Rica, I believe we have six spots left. It's yep. whittling down for end of August. Going to be doing something not so culty and just having a good time with all of you guys and getting to know you. Mom's coming, Mama Bear. I know we got some Mama Bear fans out Kendra. there. Kendra's coming, Kendra Lee Bryan. We've had her on a few times and we may get a couple other previous guests. We're going to work on them. Some fun surprises, I think. Yeah. And if you like this video, check out these two videos down below. And until next time, follow your highest excitement to be conscious and be well. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, it would mean a lot if you could like and subscribe on YouTube and leave a review or a comment to help with our visibility. You can also find me on social media at Colts to Consciousness or reach out by email at Colts to Consciousness at gmail.com.